right, all right, all right, all right. Day 250. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we jump right back in in the middle of Luke, and we are in uh, the middle of Jesus's Galilean ministry, right? So if in chapter six, uh, we've we seen in Jesus's ministry, the call of the 12 disciples, right? Here in chapter nine, we're going to get the commission of the 12 disciples and here jesus is going to send them out to do ministry right which is just an extension of his own notice what he says he says summoning the 12 the text um he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of god and to heal the six look at verse six it says so they went out and traveled from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing everyone i love it i love it i love it because they preach the gospel and they heal the sick i love how the gospels help give us a nuanced and more robust view of the gospel right um he says no no they preach the kingdom of god and then in verse six it says that's the actual good news so in other words the good news the gospel is not just about uh, a get out of hell free car it's not just about uh, somebody dying for you and you going to heaven when you die but it's actually about a king and his kingdom it's about jesus's rule and reign coming to earth in fulfillment of all of god's promises it breaking into real time and space with acts of mercy which are only foretaste of the eternal future and the kingdom being fully consummated and so we have to have a more robust view of the gospel jesus is saying no no, this is about me being king (laughs) this is about me being lord of every single thing and calling people to live under this lord right and so later i love what happens later jesus is praying (laughs) jesus is praying notice jesus is gonna pray a ton in luke's gospel keep your eye out for it jesus is praying and we get the confession narrative where where it's much different than in matthew peter says no no no. like he says no who do people say i am peter's like no jesus you're god's messiah you are the anointed king who is going to accomplish this victory over sin and satan through death uh and defeat and suffering on a cross this is who jesus is right and to follow this king according to jesus means to go the way of the cross you jesus doesn't have followers christians right who don't go the way of the cross and i love it because after this one of my favorite passages in luke uh, comes which is the mount of transfiguration in other words when jesus talks about his death he always talks about his resurrection right he always brings up the resurrection and he beelines to the transfigurations and again you know the story of the transfiguration matthew 17 is another parallel passage he goes up on this mountain right uh, elijah and moses appear right and remember mountains are places of revelation in the scripture so in other words he's showing the disciples yes i know it's going to be hard yes you have to uh, go the way of the cross yes you may actually die for uh, professing the name of christ but guess what you will be exalted because i'm going to be exalted and i love what he says look at verse 31 it says um they appeared in glory talking about all of them and were speaking of his departure which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. The word for departure here is literally an exodon or exodus, right? In other words, 
Jesus' very reason for going to Jerusalem was to accomplish a new exodus for God's people, a true liberation from actual sin that the first exodus only pointed to and foreshadowed. Right. And so Jesus is like, no, 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 like I'm going to actually go to Jerusalem. And that's what he does. So in 951, it says, no, no, he set his face when the day was coming to a close to be for him to be taken up. He determined or set his face to go to Jerusalem. That's that's just another way. Set his face is just another way to say he was going right. He went playing. Right? He knew his mission and he is resolute. And now the travel narrative of Luke, the largest section of Luke, 951 to 1927, the largest section of Luke will be Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus on the way to accomplish this exodus. Now, real quick, I got to say this. When in the Old Testament, when you had the prophecies of the coming kingdom, the prophecies of the last days, the prophecies of the restoration of Israel, it is spoken in language that parallels the exodus. So in other words, uh, people have 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 shown, scholars have shown for years, no, 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 this is going to be a new exodus and God's appointed man to do it would be the Messiah. And this is Jesus, right? So this is where we at in the story. So now 951, they're on the way to Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting is, is that as he's on the way, I love what the gospels do as he's on the way to Jerusalem and all of the gospels, it shows us, especially in Luke and Mark, it shows us what it means to be on the way with Jesus. Right. Right. The text is going to show us like, no, no, no. Like this is what it means to follow him. <laughs> we follow him to the cross and we follow him through the grave as well. And Jesus is going to give in this big section, a ton of parables, right? Parables, parable, parables. And remember, I said at the beginning of Luke, like that is the one of the, 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 the distinguishing factors of Luke is the parables. He gives more parables in Luke than in any other gospel. And, he's, and he uses uh, a lot of stories that are unique specifically to Luke's gospel. And the first one is I want to bring up is the parable of the good Samaritan. Now, notice the context of the good Samaritan. This is often missed. Um, you know, he sent out the 72, they come back and he's like, yo, uh, um, you know, uh, rejoice that your names are, are written in heaven, all this good stuff. Um, and then he, he rejoices himself. So notice, uh, Jesus is actually happy. Um, I have a friend, um, who is writing a dissertation on emotions in Luke. Um, and so, uh, super dope. Anyway, uh, Jesus is rejoicing, right? Jesus actually is happy. He's rejoicing in the Holy spirit. And Notice what he talks about when he goes to his father. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things, the secrets of the kingdom, the, th the mysteries of the kingdom, these things from the from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Now, notice that the kingdom is not something we ascertain by knowledge. It's not something we ascertain by our own uh, intellectual or spiritual capacities is something that has to be revealed to us. And, and, and Jesus will even say like it, God delights to give you the kingdom, right? So it has to be revealed to us. And so notice right after that, an expert in the law, right? Someone who is wise and intelligent comes to him and asks him, yo, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right. And Jesus is clear. Like, no, like, no, no, keep the commands, like love God, love neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart. And, um, um, oh, Jesus asked him, what's written in the law? You're a law expert. You, you're, you're a Bible scholar. He, he, he answers rightly. Jesus says, you're correct. Do this and you'll live. And then he says, the text says he wanted to justify himself. So he asked, who is my neighbor? And we get the parable of the good Samaritan. And we don't have time. And, then I'm, and I'm, I'm sad we don't got time. We don't got time. I always take uh, his podcast over. But listen, he goes into the parable 
of the Good Samaritan, and he shows what a true neighbor is. Now, Jesus, I love what Dallas Willard says. He says, Jesus is not just nice, but he's also brilliant, right? Jesus is so brilliant because the way he sets this bad boy up is impeccable, fam. Um, notice the hero of the story is a Samaritan. Now, why is that important? Oh, my God. Listen, the Samaritans, according to the Jews, right, were half-blood Jews. So, in other words, when the kingdom split, in the time of Solomon, you had Samaria, which was the capital of the northern kingdom, and Jerusalem, which was the capital of the southern kingdom. And the Samarians, according to the Jews, were those who compromised so fast and fell into so much sin that they were taken off into exile first by Assyria. And so what happened was the Assyrians, uh, they came and, and repopulated the uh, the land. Go read First uh, and Second Kings. You'll see all this. They repopulated the land with pagans. And so a lot of the Sumerians uh, married in with pagans. And so in other words, they weren't even full blood uh, Israelite, right? Like they went from the same stock and they had beef with the Southern Kingdom for all of these years. And so what Jesus is coming to show, he's like, no, no, a Samaritan is the hero of the story, chief. So in other words, Jesus is saying, and even remember the woman at the well was a Samaritan, right? And, and and they had a whole different like view on so many things. They believed the temple was not in Jerusalem. They believed it was, it was in uh, Mount Gerizim. They didn't believe in any of the other books of the Bible. And this time, Jews, uh, Samaritans in the first first century. Um, they didn't believe in um, any of the other books of the Bible except the Torah. So they believe in literally what is called uh, <laughs> the Samaritan Pentateuch. Um, and so, and, and they made changes to the Torah. That's a whole nother combo. But anyway, a Samaritan is... Um, is um, 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 the hero of the story. And what Jesus, main point is this, he's like, no, 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 like I've come to break down uh, these these religious or these cultural and ethnic barriers. So 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 today, like it is, it, it's unfathomable, fam, that racism is a problem amongst God's people because this, like Jesus literally comes <laughs> to undo those ethnic kind of tensions, right? And he, he, he presents a Samaritan, um, 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 as the hero of the story and he goes further, basically the Levite and, and, and the priest literally bypass a man who has been beaten and robbed. They bypass him right on their way to their religious duties. And I, it's just so amazing because Christ is saying that again, priests were those who were supposed to be the most godly and holy people in society, but, and, and the most learned, right? They were the ones who to teach the law. And Jesus is saying like, if they don't stop to help someone who is in need, right? That's not love for neighbor, right? Like those are the kinds of people who are not in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is kind of like clear about that, right? And I love what, what, what goes on here and we can't get into it all. I think what Jesus is trying to say is, listen, we should never ask who is my neighbor, but who isn't my neighbor, right? Christ calls us to love all people, right? And he shows uh, what will be characteristic of people uh, that are in his kingdom. Now, I want to say this last point. I'm way over, but last point, um, you know, the, the the region where they are is very dangerous. And I remember Dr. Martin Luther King giving a sermon. And he said, uh, when I went to Jerusalem, I, I see why uh, um, Jesus used the parable of the Good Samaritan, why he talked about it, uh, a, a man going down to Jericho um, and in and, 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 and that area, how, it's it's easy right for for a person to get robbed and mugged uh from jerusalem going down to jericho and um he said the the, the priest and the levite according to jesus probably were worried about something actually happening to them <laughs> at, if they would have helped them but 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 what he says is the question should never be what will happen to me if i help someone 
but what will happen to them if I don't, right? And that's the paradigm we need for loving our neighbor. And this is what our, our, our Lord, right, is calling us to. Chapter 11, we move, we move, we move, we move. Luke conversion, the Lord's prayer. Jesus is like, yo, um, check this out. Um, the text says this. He was praying. Again, he's praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John also taught his disciples. Now, notice, uh, I think uh, my man John O said this. He says, notice that out of all the things Jesus did, the only thing his disciples asked them to teach them in the Gospels is how to pray. <laughs> it's how to pray. And, and, and again, a, a prayer is his major theme in Luke X, fam. It's the only thing they ask him is how to pray. And uh, the, the only thing that, that that scholars can even come up with is that Jesus modeled what it meant to pray. Right. And I think we need to slow down. Listen, in a in a in a in a world of speed, in a world of hurry, in a world of anxiousness, in a world of moving too fast and in, 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 a, in a hurry to 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 get nowhere. Listen, prayer is an act of defiance. Right. It's a moment. To sit, to sit down and stop and say, God, I want to hear from you and God, I want to speak to you. Right. And the Lord's Prayer um, throughout the Christian centuries has been used. Right. Um, in, in worship services. Right. Uh, and, and, and as a as a part of, of the people of God's spiritual formation um, to, to help us long for. Listen, to cultivate the longing for the coming and arrival of the king. Right. Like that's the longing that we want to cultivate in our moments of prayer. And I love what Jesus does because he says, no, no, no. Like I want you to be persistent in this pursuit. Prayer is 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 about persistence and expectance. Right. No, no. Pray with persistence and expect. Right. Our problem. Listen, our problem is not that we uh, don't start praying. It's that we stop. Right. It's not that we don't start. It's that we stop. I love it. And I got to keep moving. Uh, Luke 12, Luke 12. Last one of this bunch. Um. Another major theme of this text, and we'll get into it more tomorrow, is um, possessions. It's possessions. And so in Luke 12, he's going to give another parable unique to Luke, which is the parable of the rich fool. So it's in verses 13 to 21. And um, uh, Luke has this major theme of possessions. You see a ton in Luke and in Acts. Um, but he says, basically, uh, be careful, right? Like, like Christ's whole point is be careful and watch out for greed. Right. And greed is a sin, fam. Listen, that is so much more sneakier and subtle than others. Really quick. I remember Tim Keller gave an illustration one time and he was like, you know, I did this um, this kind of like retreat at my church or at a church. I can't remember which one, but he was saying, like, I did it on like sins. Right. So lust, pride, all this stuff, uh, seven deadly sins, quote unquote. And uh, he says, um, man, everyone was packed. All of the sessions were packed. And he says, but you know, the one that nobody really came to was greed. He said, I talked about greed and nobody came. And his whole point was, he's like, nobody ever thinks they're greedy, right? Nobody thinks they're greedy, right? He's like, yo, I've been a pastor for years and nobody confesses ah, I've been greedy, right? And, 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 and I love it because Jesus understands the human condition, fam, he understands that we have this impulse in us to get more than we actually need, right? To get so much more than we need. And sometimes it's at the expense of the needs of others. And what Christ is saying is that, listen, that is not the way of 
your kingdom. Listen, we aren't those who gorge ourselves on self-indulgence, who hoard up possessions for ourselves or as or see life as a means to do so. We see our lives as a means to give to God what is properly God's and to give to others what they need. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would make us the kind of people who are not greedy. Lord, I pray that you would give us hearts uh, that are changed, right? hearts that seek you in prayer and seek your face in every way.